Welcome to Cascade Conversations. Join the team at Cascade Partners and their network of trusted advisors as they work to demystify details, terminology, and strategies in the world of acquisitions, divestitures, and financings. Mike, thanks for joining us today and thanks for the lunch and learn we just went through. Uh, you and I just went through a pretty interesting transaction. And today what we wanted to talk about to educate our both our current and prospective clients would be what are the types of customers, what types of businesses should think about using an environmental consultant like you when considering a transaction? Okay, well, thanks for having me, Ron, and I, I'm honored to be participating in this uh, conversation. The, the transaction we worked on had a very industrial flavor and a couple century old portion of uh, Detroit. So that seems blatantly obvious, but you'd be amazed how many don't look quite so ominous on the surface. We've done apartment complexes that were built in the 60s on what used to be an industrial area. So it's it's hard to, to pick a class of business type or class of property use that is like an automatic you must or must not. There's low level due diligence pro products that can identify those lower risk by perception that can answer those questions with relative uh, ease at a very minimal cost. So right. I would really say I've worked on every type of property that you would think is contaminated and is not, and ones you'd be sure are clean that are not. You know, so it's just, it's a wide range. So if I'm a business owner or I'm buying a business, what are the topics I should be thinking about relative to environmental? Knowing that I've probably performed some level of environmental if I purchased property historically, what should I be thinking about now as I'm preparing for a transaction? So most business owners are aware of doing an annual review of their financials, meeting with their CPI, CPA, doing tax planning, knowing what the tax liabilities are uh, because you have to file a tax return every year. When you look at environmental, really the things that drive it are a a action that drives a regulatory issue. So a forklift hits some drums and it spills or something happens, you react and, and then you compare it to laws because you have to react to that incident. If nothing happens and you bought a property 15 years ago and everything was fine, you may not know that regulations have changed two, three, four times in that time frame. So if you have anything you know that's got an E in front of it on a report that you've done, and in a V after that, you probably are wise to have that reviewed and make sure there's nothing in there that you know may raise red flags to a potential purchaser and could delay the diligence on your transaction. So give me an example of that. So again, I just want to drill into that a little bit. So I purchased a property, say, 15 years ago. I've been running my business on that property for 15 years. I did environmental work when I purchased it. Uh, the bank made me do that, and we, we all have all the reports. What can I do now as I'm preparing to do to go through a transaction? Do I need to do a full environmental uh, drilling? Do I have to go out and do soil samples? Or is there something I can do just to kind of check my data against the modern regulations? On a buy side, you're always going to do full phase one due diligence. It's a prerequisite and deal flow if they're using anyone with a modicum of intelligence on a legal team or uh, really any investment banker. On sell side, you have a little bit more latitude to use some hybrid products because you already own the properties and, and you've already established, hopefully in the past, all appropriate inquiry in an innocent landlord defense. 
So if there is a problem later, you're already, as they say, eight, eight months pregnant. So now how do we deal with the, the delivery? So it's a matter of looking at this and if there's prior reports, you can do a, a technical peer review. We oftentimes will do a limited historical review to just see if there's any reason to believe that there could be other issues. Um, there might be a property they've owned for 30 years and they didn't even know they needed to do environmental back then. And maybe their operations are fairly benign. They're doing light assembly, some welding. They're not really using chemicals. They have a great business humming, but you might want to pull some historical aerials or historical Sanborn maps that might show it was a plater in the 30s to the 60s. And then there's potential for chlorinated solvents and vapor regulations largely didn't exist 15 years ago. They've changed four or five times in Michigan since then. And then you have you know, emerging contaminants. So there's a new, uh, they call it the forever chem chemical, PFAS, which is uh, used in bonding. So it's used in plating, it was used in waterproofing. A very, very powerful tool. Uh, very, very low cleanup criteria. So my 33 year career, I've always dealt in parts per billion as a minimum threshold for detection. We now deal in parts per trillion. So this, this is a significant difference. So it's, it's being aware that these problems may exist that may not necessarily have any liability tied to them as an operator or their operations, but it's going to affect the transaction. It can affect the collateral value of the real estate that's tied into the business. Well, I want to drill into that one because we, you and I have seen this uh, together in a transaction where the our client did everything right when they purchased the property. They'd been, uh, they didn't do anything further to pollute the property in any way at all. However, underneath them, the regulations changed. So when we went to market, knowing the regulations changed, actually changed the dynamics of their environmental due care. Correct. Maybe you could talk a little bit about due care and, and those topics. Well, and it becomes sensitive with sellers because they did do everything right. And it's not like uh, if you paid a 10% income tax rate in 1970, you're gonna then find out they changed that rate and you have to now pay 15% because they increased the rate. We kind of do that backwards. They, we don't grandfather things in. So you, you really have to you know hold their hand and let them be aware that you know this is an issue, and and you now need to deal with this, and you also need to be aware you should have been dealing with this three, four, five years ago when the regulation changed. They don't know it. This, the regulators don't send them anything. But if another event occurs, such as that forklift hitting a drum, and the regulators get on site and they pull their files, the huh, you, you guys should have done all this stuff. So. It's not policed as heavily as you would think it would in the environmental world and, and how sensitive, especially in Michigan with the Flint water crisis, um, you, you'd think there'd be more resources on it and there's they, they're spread pretty thin. So when a transaction occurs, a buyer becomes aware that this really could be an issue. And as much as the seller kind of feels, you know, why, why am I now being told I could have a, a six or seven figure problem well, now, even if they walk away, they're aware of it. So I always tell sellers, you know, if you want to hire us to do some preliminary, you better be prepared to deal with whatever we find because it's going to surface. Well, and as we talked, your responsibilities for due care aren't served by ignorance. So just because you are ignorant of the fact that you should have been delivering due care doesn't change the fact that you are still responsible for due care. Correct. 
and and it is unfortunate that you know, when they do change some tax law that you pay more or less you you, you something in the tax code you're not going to know but your cpa is going to know it and you'll be happy if you get more money back and you'll be mad if you got to pay more you don't get mad at the cpa that's just the system and and i, I find people get very emotional about it differently than taxes and I, I draw that analogy often because environmental consultants are to the EPA or, or to, you know Eagle these regulatory agencies similar to what a CPA is to the IRS when it comes to pleasing the IRS everyone knows like you don't want to mess with the IRS well guess what you don't want to mess with these regulators either they have a tremendous amount of power and uh, the, there are letters that go out documenting due care where they threaten fines and penalty and and they then they impose fines and penalties and you just don't read about it a lot well and one thing i think that was also valuable uh, that you've helped us educate here helped educate us here at cascade is just how many pools of money there are for entrepreneurs and owners for taking care of some of these issues so you know, once you learn about them, doesn't mean you're completely on the hook, depending on the nature of the situation for all the funds. That's a that's a great point. I'm glad you um, absorbed that out of the presentation. That they don't always work. They don't help par par parties that cause the contamination. But if there are residual legacy issues, the, the example I gave of the plater that that went out of business in 1960. There are some good tools out there to you know proactively identify the problem get your arms around it and see what's the best way to solve the problem whether it, there is some assistance or not how can you spread expenses that you didn't know about for a 15-year time period that maybe should have been done 10 years ago you know try to figure out the best way to soften that blow right and so we are in southeastern Michigan, and uh, you and I deal with this a fair amount. The types of businesses that we routinely work with are benign. They wouldn't, they don't use solvents. They wouldn't think of themselves as having environmental issues. Um, you know, they may be doing assembly, as you described. What are the kind of things they really need to be thinking about as they go into preparing for a transaction? On the sell side? On the sell side, yeah. Well, they, they don't know what they don't know, right? So, and environmental's the one that's probably the worst, especially most of these business owners that you're going to represent started their business 15, 20, 30 years ago. So a lot has changed. And, you know, CERCLA and environmental due diligence, that law passed in 1980, and no one really knew much about what it was or what it did until the late 80s. So there's a lot of businesses that fall into the establishment of kind of the new normal today and they just don't know any better because they haven't had a transaction occur that brings them awareness to what and how much has changed. So help me. So I have a business, it's an assembly, it's 50,000 to 250,000 square feet of space that I either own or that I'm dealing with. What's a budgetary price for getting you involved or be pre-transaction to just help me think through what issues I may or may not have? It's, it's hard to put a price on a per square foot or a per use or a, because you never really know what, you know, that's current use. That doesn't, you know, you could have a cell phone store that was a gas station or a donut shop sure. or the manufacturing light assembly that was just a warehouse and the light assembly was welding and they didn't really use any chemicals. So, you know, the a low end of a property like that could be 1500 to $2,000 to really get a handle on knowing you're not going to get T-boned in the middle of an intersection. Whereas other properties, you know, you have a portfolio of 20 properties that are 50 to 100,000 feet. And, you know, I'd just throw out $20,000, could go a long ways to do 
some, you know, peeling some layers back and seeing if there's a problem. So it's a manageable number. I think that's, it's, I shouldn't be afraid of it. The, the number that would be the concern is when I find something, that's when things can get expensive, but ignorance is really not bliss in this case. Yeah, unless it's a very heavy industrial user that has really poorly managed their process, whether it's got a lot of issues or not, our, our percentage of a deal is, is less than, you know, it's in fractions of a percent. Not, not that that, I'm trying to downplay the importance. It's really, the, my point is it's not a lot of money for something that really will add significant value and save a lot of time. Well, I'm really appreciative and grateful that you showed up again today. Um, we've enjoyed working with you, Mike, and uh, I'm, I'm grateful that we put this together. And we look forward to working with you many years in the future. I look forward to it as well. Thank you, and thank you for the gift. No problem.